Heartbreak Hotel. I love that song. Yeah. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had your heart broken? I mean, has life ever got the best of you? You know, you ever felt defeated, just worn out, tired? You ever felt alone? I mean, so lonely you could die? You know, Heartbreak Hotel, it's interesting. It's, it's always crowded, but you can always find room there. There's something that I know about life, and that is today you're in one of three places. Some of you are staying at Heartbreak Hotel. Some of you have just checked out, and some of you are making reservations to stay in this popular maybe not so popular place. You know, we've been in this series, Graceland, and we've been looking at a thing called grace. And if you weren't with us last week, I would really, really encourage you to uh, go to iTunes, uh, go to our website. It'll tell you how to download. But we we defined grace, and what I want to do today is I want to talk about how grace can work in the heartbreaks of life. You know, God's, God's grace can see us through whatever, and God always finishes what God starts, always. That, you can just take that to the bank. Philippians 1, Paul writes this. He says, God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. You notice it doesn't say he might finish it or he hopes to finish it. It says God will finish I mean, what's that mean? What's it mean? It means if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've given God the reins in your life and said, you know what, God, you're number one in my life. I'm putting you in the forefront. It means one thing, you're going to get to heaven. We talked a little bit about that last week. There is no doubt about it. The case closed. It's a done deal. Final destination is not based on your performance in, in this life. It's based on God's grace. Your final destination is not in question. But what is up for grabs is how well we live this life. You know, how we finish this life. You know, as a pastor, I, I not only want to make sure that people get to heaven, that we get across the finish line, so to speak, But I also feel a heavy call to make sure that we finish the race well, that we enjoy life, that we reach our full God-given potential. And I talk about that a lot, uh, that we experience the abundant life, uh, a thing called joy and, and peace. You may have figured out, if you've been on this planet very long, that life is full of ups and downs. True? That's just part of life. And I believe it's vital that we remember that we live in Graceland, that there is a thing called grace in life that can help us navigate through the peaks and the valleys of life. And so as we look today, I want to specifically look at a grace that sustains us. You know, when we find ourselves staying at a place called Heartbreak Hotel, that God's grace can give us the power to keep going. That when those times when you feel like giving up, that God's grace will see you through, that God's grace will allow you to do the right thing 
even when you don't feel like doing the right thing. The fact is there are heartbreak hotels all along the roadside of life. No matter which one you visit, I want you to know God will see you through. God will see you through. God will make sure that, it, that you just visit, that you don't end up staying there. You know, First Peter writes, uh, My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that the grace of God is with you no matter what happens. No matter what happens, God's grace is with you. Wherever you find yourself in life, God's sustaining grace is with you. It's going to see you through. And the fact is, there are a few heartbreaks in life that tend to knock us down, tend to take us down. And the fact is, we all face it. At some point, we're going to check in to Heartbreak Hotel. That's just a given. But with God's grace, I don't think we have to have an extended stay there. And uh, so we're going to look at some of the reasons. I mean, what are some of the reasons people check in to Heartbreak Hotel? Well, one's a thing called temptation. And we talked about this uh, a couple months ago, that temptation will entice you to check in to Heartbreak Hotel, that it, it has this look about it that's inviting, that's, that's charming. It kind of has an allure. And it draws us in. First Peter writes, he says, Watch out for the attacks of the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone, some victim to devour. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in faith. You know, the, the fact is, you may not have figured this out yet, but there's a battle going on. The moment you became a Christian, it was a battle because suddenly the evil one doesn't own you. And... The God has you in his hands, and the evil one doesn't like that. And so it's a battle for possession. Every single day, it's a battle. I mean, we face these moral decisions in our lives, true? You know, am I going to do right? Am I going to do wrong? You know, am I going to do the good thing, or am I going to go with the bad thing? Am I going to do what's selfish or unselfish? And, and these moral decisions... The fact is we're going to face temptation in them. The fact is you will never outgrow temptation. I know there's this idea that somehow we outgrow this stuff, but we don't. You know, the Bible says even Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted every single area of life, just like us. And yet Jesus never sinned. And I think that's good news because if Jesus was tempted and he never sinned, it means that it's not a sin to be tempted. It's just a sin when I give in to whatever that temptation is. You know, some, some Christians, I'll hear them talk, and uh, when they're tempted, it's kind of like, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm, I'm so bad. I mean, how could I think something like that? Well, friends, you can't control all your thoughts. But you can control not dwelling on those thoughts. The evil one may give you an idea, some kind of idea in your life, but you don't have to, to plug into it. You don't have to feel intimidated. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be ashamed. But when it gets messed up is when we begin to dwell on it. That's when it becomes wrong. That's when it becomes sin. You know, for example, sexual temptation. You know, God created us as sexual beings. We're created male and female. And 
God designed us with sexual desire. But those feelings, they're not wrong. Unless you use them the wrong way. You know, for instance, uh, guys, you know, you're walking and you see an attractive woman. And in your mind you think, she's pretty. That's not a sin. That's not lust. It's, it's attraction. If a woman see, sees a guy and goes, ooh, he's dreamy, you know. It could happen. <laughs> I mean, but attraction, again, it's not a sin. So what is lust? Well, lust is not the attraction. It's when we take that thought and we dwell on it. You know, we kind of take it to the next level. Again, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when we give in, when we begin to dwell and think on it. First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, the temptation that you have are the same ones that all people have. But you can trust God. He will not let you be tempted more than you can stand. When you're tempted, God will also give you a way to escape. Then you will be able to stand it. God's sustaining grace. When it comes to temptation, God's word says, you know what? There's a way out. God will give you a way out. God will never let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. You know, I hear too often someone will say, I just couldn't help myself. It's a lie. It's a lie. God always gives a way to escape, and it's called a thing called grace. God gives you grace. It means in that moment, you may need to change the channel. You may need to go the other way. You may need to run out the door. You may mean, need to make a change in your mind, but God will provide a way of escape. He'll give us the ability to handle whatever the temptation is in life. You know, God says, your temptation isn't unique. You know, and I think that is good news because if temptation, if, if it's very common and we all have different temptations, but they're the same, then it means the solution is common. In other words, it's not rocket science that God will give a way to escape in, in the midst of it. So in other words, God says, you don't have to check in to Heartbreak Hotel because of temptation. God will give you grace. God will give you a way to escape when, when you face temptation. There's another reason people check in to the Heartbreak Hotel. Exhaustion. Exhaustion. Life oftentimes can be exhausting. I mean, it can just wear you down. You get tired, you get worn out, and so you check in because you just want to get away. It's a good hideaway. Heartbreak Hotel is a good place to hide. Have you figured out life requires a lot of energy? A lot of energy. I mean, a lot of strength in life especially when you're trying to do the right thing instead of the easy thing. You know, lots of people in life tend to not do the right thing and just do the easy thing. Well, that doesn't take a lot of energy, but it takes energy to do the right thing in life. Some people just coast through life. And can I tell you something about coasting? You may think you're staying the same, but when you coast, it's always downhill. It's always downhill. 
On the other hand, when you try to do the right thing and not the easiest thing, it requires energy, it requires effort, it requires strength on your part. Some of you, I know because I've talked to you, you're the only believer at your work, and it's tough. It takes energy. Every day at work, it takes everything you've got. How many of you ever get tired of doing the right thing? Seriously, let's be honest. There are times you just get tired. It is tough to move against the stream. It is tough to go against culture when culture is going this way and you're going this way. It's difficult to be honest when dishonesty is the norm. You know, it is really hard to work hard and give your very best when the who cares mentality is the rule. Doing right, doing right requires energy. Galatians 6, 9, Paul writes, he says, Let us not grow weary in doing right, for we will reap a harvest of blessings if we do not give up. Where do you get the power to do the right thing in your life? When you, when you don't feel like doing it, where do you get that power at? I mean, the fact is sometimes, let's be honest here, sometimes you do not want to be loving to your family. You want to be crabby. That's just true, right? Sometimes you do not want to be nice to the clerk. You want to be grouchy. You know, sometimes you don't want to be pleasant with a coworker. What you want to be is really testy with them. And sometimes, at least me, I want to be rude to people that are rude. So where do you get the energy? Where do you get the energy to do the right thing? You know, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, it says, It is God who gives us the ability to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our lives. Friends, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to stand firm. It's the key to not getting tired. It's the key to not giving up. The Holy Spirit, friends, gives us the strength to do right. When we're struggling, hear this, it's not willpower, but it's the Holy Spirit power. The reason why some of you are tired all the time and just run down is you're trying, you are trying to live the Christian life, and it doesn't work. You are trying to be like Jesus Christ. It doesn't work. You're trying to do good. It doesn't work. You're trying to keep the Ten Commandments. You're trying to be a person of integrity. You are trying and trying and trying, and it doesn't work. You know, I hear people say, well, it's hard to be perfect. And I always correct them and go, it's impossible. It's impossible. The only perfect person was Jesus Christ. And I want to suggest to you, rather than trying to be like Jesus, let Jesus be Jesus in you. Let Jesus be Jesus through you. Stop trying, stop trying, and start trusting. Start trusting. You know, it's the key to to the Christian life is not trying, but it's trusting God. It's not psyching yourself up. It's not working really, really, really hard. 
the fact is, it's not trying to perform so that God will smile on you. It's relaxing and trusting Jesus Christ to live in you and through you. The Holy Spirit will give you power. Scripture is full of example after example of people that endured, that persisted, that didn't give up. You know, I think about Moses. Moses spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. He's leading a bunch of whiny crybabies out in the desert. Seriously. But he didn't throw in the towel. The Bible says that God's sustaining grace held him up. That that's how he he kept from from falling down. That's how he kept from being, you know, just bailing out. Noah, I think about Noah. 120 years he built the ark. 120 years people made fun of him. He waited 120 years for it to rain. And friends, trust me, it got old. I know that there had to be times he wanted to give up, but he persisted. He kept on building even when he was tired, even when he wanted to give up because of God's sustaining grace. And God wants to give you that same power. You know, the power to do what you need to do, whatever that is. You know, for God is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Catch that? Will and power. Will and power. The Christian life is not a matter of willpower. You know, your will, your power. It's a matter of God's will and God's power in your life. You know, when God gives you something to do, you're going to be able to do it. God's never going to ask you to do something that he doesn't give you the power to accomplish. Isaiah writes this in Isaiah 40. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Friends, that's hope. You know, some people check into Heartbreak Hotel because of temptation. Sometimes you check in because you're just exhausted. And sometimes you check in because life, you just get in trouble. You know, you're cruising along, everything's going okay, and then you start having problems. You start having struggles. You start having difficulties. And I said, there's always a vacancy at Heartbreak Hotel. Always. You know, Jesus said, in the world, you will have troubles. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know what? There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be obstacles. It's part of life. You are going to have situations that you can't handle. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have the power to overcome. You know, some of the problems, and I'll take myself. You know, sometimes I look at problems in my life. And I realize I made them. And so I'm, I'm one of these analytics that I can look at it and just go, you know what? I made the mess. I got to clean it up. I don't like it, okay? But I understand it. But what is difficult is when the problem just happens. You know, someone else causes it. Or I get a problem and I don't feel like I deserve it. You know, because... There's this just kind of snowball effect. It becomes exponentially difficult if not only do I not deserve it, but it's also unrelenting. 
You know, the fact is that it just keeps coming and coming and coming. Most problems, I believe most of us can face any problem if we can see light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if we can see that there's going to be an end in sight, that we can face a problem for six months, maybe a year, I believe most people can handle that. But when it just keeps going, that's when it gets tough. You know, for some of you, there are things in your life that have hurt you, that have harmed you, that um, you look at, and it's unsolvable. And you're going, i got to live with this the rest of my life. There are some hurts, some problems in life that it doesn't matter what happens. There's nothing in the world that's going to make them go away. And those, those are the hurts that hurt the most. I mean, they just hit you at your core. So what do you do in those situations? I mean, first, I, I think you've got to stop playing the if-only game. You know, whatever the situation. If, if only I had had different parents. You know, if only I had married someone else. You know, if only I had gotten that job. You know, if only you fill it in. If only doesn't ease the pain, does it? It doesn't solve the problem. Instead, I want to challenge you to remember that you live in Graceland. You live in Graceland to to focus on God's sustaining grace. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't worry because I'm with you, God says. Don't be afraid because I'm your God. I will make you strong. I will help you. I will support you with my right hand that saves you. That's quite a verse. Full of promise. God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to save you. I mean, pretty much covers everything. The psalmist writes in Psalms 46, he says, God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. What do you do, friends, when you can't fix an unfixable problem? What do you do when you can't change an unchangeable circumstance in your life? I want to suggest you throw yourself on God's sustaining grace. And this is very countercultural. I mean, our culture teaches us to be self-reliant. Our culture teaches us you can handle anything on your own. You can deal with it. Many of you have bought into that. It's not true. You cannot control the major stuff in life. You absolutely can't. You didn't control when you were born. You didn't control where you were born. You didn't control the parents that you were going to have. You don't know when or where you're going to die. You don't know what's going to happen between today and the day you say goodbye to this earth. And if you don't realize that, Trust me, one of these days you wake up to the fact that you are not God, that you are not in control of everything. So what do you do? What do you do when the bottom drops out? What do you do when life's out of control? Again, I think you lean back and you rely on the sustaining grace of God. I mean, how do you get it? How do you have that kind of grace that keeps you going when you want to quit? 
that, that is there to, to help you through the temptations, help you through the exhaustion and the troubles. There are three easy steps to that. One, call out. Call out to God. Call out to God. Ask God for help. As long as you pretend to be self-sufficient, hear this, you short-circuit God's power in your life. You just take God out of the equation. As long as you're like, I can handle this on my own. You know, James uh, 4 says, God gives grace to the humble. So give yourselves completely to God. Draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. Grace to the humble, to those that admit their inadequacies, to those that draw near to God and say, God, I can't handle this. You know, pray to God earnestly and passionately with integrity. Be honest with God. It's okay. People say, yeah, but I don't know if God wants to hear what I... Just say it. You know, God, it hurts. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Just throw it out there. I believe God kind of pays attention to the tones of our prayers. And God also knows that everything we say and ask for, that we don't really want everything that we ask for. My grandkids, I, I'm, I'm loving being a grandpa, by the way, because they're just so much fun. And uh, I'll ask them, like, what do you want for your birthday? And it's kind of funny because they'll just start naming stuff. It's like they're looking around the room and, I'll, yeah, I'd take a TV and I'll take this and I'll take that. You know, they just name whatever. But every once in a while, when I ask them, what would you like, they'll go, Grandpa. Now, usually if they say my name first, I'm being set up. But anyway, they're, Grandpa, I really, 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 really want and they'll tell me whatever. And I kind of take note of that. And I see if they continue to ask for that particular thing. God doesn't answer perfunctory prayers. Where you just kind of mouth the words. You kind of go through the motion. Your heart's not really in it. God wants you to pray with passion. Fervently. You know, good examples, uh, the book of Psalms, take a read through it. It's full of prayers where David cries out to God and just lays it on the line. Cry out, call out, take it in. Take it in. God's word, take in God's word. Let it comfort you. Let it strengthen you. Let it fill you. Let it soothe you. You know, God's word will give you the energy you need to keep going. I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, you know, you're going, I don't understand this one. Get a modern translation of God's Word. You know, the message or New Living uh, is good. And spend time in it every day. You don't have to spend hours. Just spend, you know, 10 minutes a day and just read and take it in. And you'll be surprised what it does for your life. Psalms 119, David, he prays, he says, I am completely discouraged. Revive me by watching TV. (laughs) Revive me by unplugging from life. You know, revive me by, by taking meds. That'll do it. Friends, revive me by your word. You know, there there is the heart of it. There's advice that's been around. It has been around for, for a while. 
and many of us just buy into it. You, you see it in the movies. You hear it on talk shows. It's in self-help books. It is the standard new age answer to problems. I think it, personally, I think it started with Star Wars. You know, the great theologian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know. You remember, he was advising Luke Skywalker, who's in crisis in his life. And he says to him, he says, the answers are within you, Luke. Look inside yourself. Friends, that's a new age lie. It's a lie. The answers aren't in you. You can't change yourself because if you could, you would have changed already. You have got to look to God for the answers in life. God is the only one that can help. God's the only one that can change. God's the only one that can sustain you when you're out of, out of strength. You know, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible waiting, waiting to be claimed. God says, this is how I work. I mean, we looked at one of them earlier. I've been reading this one a lot lately. Even youth will become weak and tired, and the young will fall in exhaustion. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Call out to God, take in God's word, and then reach out. Reach out to God's people. You know, that's why we talk about small groups so often around here. I, I regularly, uh, someone goes through a storm, and then I'll hear something later to the extent, I wouldn't have made it without my Christian friends or without my small group or without, and they'll name names. And it's part of the Christian walk. You know, Galatians 6, 2 says, By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. By helping each other. He's pointing to the law of Christ. Jesus boiled down the commandments to two things. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the second one's love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the fact is, he, he's saying, when you help each other, you accomplish the second, second command there to Love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't have Christian friends, if you're not in a, a small group or on a team, you can't get feedback from people. You can't get encouragement. You can't get support when the storms hit. And, and friends, I'll be honest, I fear for you if that's how you're functioning. And you notice I didn't say if the storms hit. It's when the storms hit. There, there is nothing more pitiful in, in my mind than to see a storm hit. And they go through it alone. You know, I don't harp on small groups because I think, oh, it'd be nice. It is essential. It's essential for your physical health and your spiritual health and your mental health. You are not going to make it on your own. At some point, life will rock you. It will knock you out and leave you down for the count. And you're going to need the support of some of God's people. Second Corinthians Right, so we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward, and I mean they're looking real forward, to what we have not seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joy to come will last forever. And he's thinking about heaven here. 
and saying, you know what, in heaven there will be no more problems, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more sadness, no more struggles. And sometimes you just have to keep focusing on the future, that there's coming a day. You know, I would ask you, I don't do this very often, but just to bow your head where you're at right now, close your eyes. And I I want you to think about where are you needing God's sustaining grace today? You know, where, where are you discouraged and you just feel like giving up? You know, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's at, at work. You know, maybe it's something personal that you're struggling through. You know, where, where are you being tempted today? What are you struggling with that you just can't seem to shake? You know, I talked to people today that were telling me they're just exhausted, that they're not sure if they can take another step. You know, is that you? You know, some of you are in trouble. The the tension, the circumstances are overwhelming. What's, What's the situation you can't fix that you so dearly want fixed? And just lift it up to God today. God, we just ask that um, you'd hear the cries. God, we would voice whatever it is, whatever the struggle, wherever it is we've lost hope. And God, we know it's by your power, by your will, that we can move forward. God, strengthen us. May we feel the Holy Spirit lifting us and pushing us forward and through. God, I know there are those here today that um, are just getting tired of doing what's right. I pray you'd give them the strength to continue. God, use us. May everything we say and do be pleasing in your sight. God, I thank you for your amazing grace. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Friends, no matter what you're going through, God's grace will sustain you if you let it. I mean, if you just say, okay, God, I need you here. You know, the Apostle Paul, he had this overwhelming struggle in his life, and we're not even sure what it was exactly, but he writes this. He says, I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away from me. But he said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, then my power is made perfect in you. When you're going through a problem, whatever it is that you're going through that you can't fix, I hope you remember God's grace. God's grace is enough. God's grace will will get you through. 